Last Sunday on his way out of Mass, a parishioner took a moment to share his concern about the linkage of our three area parishes, and he kindly asked me, Father, what can I do to help? It's a great question. And this day's homily is an attempt to give an answer through the lens of today's gospel. First, though, why is it a great question? Well, look to the gospel. We're all in the same boat, right? The seven that are mentioned there, five are apostles. We've got Peter, and we've got Nathaniel, Thomas, James, and John. And then John points out there are two other disciples. He doesn't name them. Why? Did he forget? There were those other guys. You know, we never paid attention to them. No, John did not forget who else was in the boat. It was you. And you. It was me. And it was the person sitting next to us. We were symbolized in that boat together. Yes, there are the apostles. And yes, they were the priests. But this is not just a problem of too few priests. In fact, I've been pondering, if we had a lot more priests here in the North Country, we couldn't afford to pay them. There's a problem of faith. There's a problem of people. The Canton-Potsdam-Colton linkage is not solved by figuring out who the priests are going to be, where they're going to live, and what times they're going to offer Mass. The linkage as in the whole history of the church, is solved by getting people in the boat, by drawing others into the bark of Peter, the boat that is the church. So Jesus, with, with Peter, our first pope, give us a lesson on how to do this. I've got seven points for you today on the lesson of Peter and Jesus at the seashore. First of all, it doesn't work to just to do what we've always done. Peter was uncomfortable in those days right after the resurrection. And where does he go to seek comfort? I'm going fishing. That's what he did. That's who he was, a fisherman. We can't blame him for it, but look how well it worked. They had fished all night, and they caught zilch. Nothing. Because it doesn't work. Once we have met the risen Lord, we can't pretend that we haven't. We can't pretend that our life hasn't changed. To do so is an act of futility. And so as we plan for the future, we can't just say, oh, well, this is what we always did, or we never did that. When I was assigned 12 years ago to Colton, the outgoing priest, Father Ray Moreau, gave me a great gift. He told the people don't let two priests show up. It ruins everything. Don't let the... When a new priest goes into a parish so often, these two other priests, Father Always and Father Never. Well, Father Always did it this way, and Father Never did it that way. The people in St. Patrick's and Colton were incredibly gracious when I arrived not because my way was the only way, but because we had to move forward. We can't just do what we always did. Number two, we can't forget our dignity. 
Remember, Peter's out there fishing, and it says he's lightly clad, so he puts on more clothes before jumping in the water. Who in the heck puts on more clothes before they jump into the water? Unless, unless those clothing are so valuable or so protective, or perhaps a gift from the person there on the seashore. And that garment that Peter puts back on is a sign of his dignity, that baptismal dignity each of us has received, the the priestly dignity given to me on the day of my ordination. It is so valuable, but it's also protective, like a life preserver, and it is a gift from the one who's there on the seashore. We want to, we wouldn't dare present ourselves before him without remembering that dignity and carrying it with us. When the world tells us that we're just another mammal, no, we don't buy that lie. We remember that each of us is a son or a daughter of God, and we wear that dignity proudly. Third, this is a preeminently practical one, we lead with food. Jesus there on the seashore has a charcoal fire burning, and there's fish and bread on it. Come and eat, he says to them. There's a breakfast waiting for them. There are all sorts of spiritual implications of that breakfast, but also very practical. You know the old saying, right? What's the way to a man's heart? Through his belly. And I think it's that way with, with all of us, really. We, we love to come together and eat. I'm so pleased that uh, there's going to be treats after Mass today. I didn't plan it that way. I think the Holy Spirit did. Siena Academy has a, a little uh, community day, and they've got donuts. And then on top of that, there's uh, cupcakes as well. So your kids are leaving all sugared up today, just so you know. Come and eat. Lead with food. If you want people to come to church with you, invite them to brunch, too, right? Invite them if you're coming to the evening Mass for dinner. If you want kids to love Sunday Mass, donuts afterwards. Not just provided by the church. My sister, who we're offering Mass for today, every Sunday they offer donuts. It's not a prize if the kids were well-behaved. It's a sign that this is a special day. If they're not well-behaved, they have other problems that uh, Karen imposes on them, but that's for another time. What about that charcoal fire? Up to number four. The charcoal fire is a sign of redemption. Remember, it's not the only charcoal fire in the Bible. John talks about another one. When Peter was there in Caiaphas's courtyard, and he warmed himself by that fire, and not once, not twice, but three times, denied knowing Jesus the Lord. And now, with that very same distinctive smell in the air, before that same fire burning, he has a chance to be redeemed. Him and Jesus, to profess his faith and love, not once, not twice, but three times. No, in in the church, it's never just me and Jesus, but it is me and Jesus. He talks to us for our redemption. Number five, it's not just me and Jesus. In fact, it's everyone. How many fish? Good Catholic trivia, good Christian trivia. How many fish do they haul in? 153. 
who the heck cares that there's 153 fish? Why is that noteworthy for John? St. Jerome explained it way back in the 4th century. He noted that Greek zoologists of the ancient world identified, you guessed it, 153 types of fish in the whole world. John was telling us this was for everything, for everyone, for the whole world and the whole universe, this message of the resurrection, this message of hope. Number six, Jesus teaches us, don't be afraid to stand alone as long as you're standing on solid ground. He's right there on the seashore. They don't recognize him. He's far away from them. Why didn't he just walk out? He could, right? He'd proved that before. But remember, in the, Bib- in the Bible, waters are a sign of chaos. The Spirit breathed over the waters in the creation of the world. Jesus stands on solid ground and invites others here to come to him. And then finally, and probably most importantly, Jesus teaches us to stand our ground while still being very patient with us. Do you love me? Three times, he asks, inviting Peter to love him with a divine love, with an agape, with a self-giving love. Do you love me? That's what the Greek says. Peter seeing the invitation coming from a man who he knows was brutally tortured, responds, yes, Lord, I I love you like a friend. He friend-zoned him. Yes, Lord, Philio, I love you like a friend. Not once, not twice. But then finally Jesus says, well, okay, do do you love me like a friend? Yeah, I do. And he takes Peter right where he's at, and that's enough for now. Spoiler alert, Peter goes all the way with Jesus. In that full gift of love, eventually Peter dies himself on the cross, that sign of agape, self-giving love. So that's the answer. What can we do as this linkage is coming about? We can love. We can get people in the boat, inviting them to do so, sharing the goodness. They are standing our ground, loving them just the way they are but loving him too much to stay that way. For that is how Jesus dealt with Peter.